0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Hello, I'm Scott Soshnik. And
2: I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the On to the Knockout Stages sports business podcast, The Sportacast.
1: Oh, uh, Haley Rosen, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I like to judge Eben's intro onto the knockout stages. It did not seem like he was, uh, he was not ebullient. <laughs> uh, it was not all that creative. Uh, please grade Mr. Novi Williams' intro to the podcast if you would.
0: Oh, I liked it. I thought that was fine. Thank you. I
2: got oh. over here. <laughs> Wait, did you say it was fine?
0: <laughs> no, I thought it was solid. I was into it. What
2: we're going for solid. Oh, really? I, I would be more excited, Scott. But Team USA is letting me down so far. Not not yeah, looking like a dominant team it that I was expecting.
0: <laughs> it was excited. It was hopeful. But it was sort of aware of what's been going on. I'd All say, right, Haley, yeah, so Evan me. knows Haley he's talking
1: about me. the U.S. Women's National Team at the <laughs> World Cup. Let's give him a grade. So far, I mean, everybody expected him to win the group. Did not happen. Number two, so you can set your alarms to watch him at some godforsaken hour at this point. Haley Rosen, founder of Just Women's Sports. Is that good, bad? indifferent what is that for women's sports and women's soccer in particular that this team will not be at what we would normally think of as a decent time to watch a game
0: yeah i mean listen i think overall this world cup has been unexpected in so many ways i think the level across the board from you know teams that we were expecting to play really well like germany to teams that have been surprising to us like jamaica like the level in women's soccer has just dramatically raised. So I think that is something just sort of important for everyone to remember as this team goes through the tournament. Like, you know, it is not a world where the U.S. is just completely dominant anymore. Like, the rest of the world is investing, pumping in resources into the space. The level of competition is super high. And, like, that's a really good thing. Um, as a U.S. fan, I'd love to see them going through. First, I think they have the talent. They have everything you know, to win this tournament. Um, and yeah, I would have liked to see them go first. That's not what happened, but I mean I think Kelly O'Hara said this really well in a in a post game interview. It's like, you know, it's not maybe how they wanted to get through, but the goal is to get through and they got through. So let's see what happens.
1: I, I draw parallels to the US men's basketball team, the one time when John Thompson was the coach and I'm a Syracuse guy so I can take some shots at Georgetown people. <laughs> but but that was the first time they the US had lost and it was almost this inconceivable, if I can bring up some Princess Bride memories, inconceivable nature that how dare the United States not dominate this event? But as you said, there's investment around the world, there is training, there is focus. That's what happens. And that is a good thing for sport when other people catch up.
0: I totally think so. And something like I've been thinking about, I'm just like talking about with. Like- my friends we've been talking about is, you know, also this US team. You know, it was a weird period. Like the Olympics got pushed back in COVID. So they sort of got caught between cycles. That's one. Two, there's a ton of injuries right now. You think of people like Mal Pugh, Kristen Press, Sam Muez, like people that were, you know, really core to this group, just, you know, not even on the roster, not even, you know, on limited minutes right now. Um, and then I think like 3 is what we're saying is the rest of the world really catching up and i think that that is a really good thing we want more parity in women's sports that leads to you know better gameplay better tournaments better athletes and ultimately like it just makes it better for everyone we want to see people compete and you know raise the bar raise the standard and that's what this competition is is doing
2: I was talking to our colleague, Emily Karen, before we, we hopped on, uh, on this recording and, and her read on, on the, on the parody was that the, 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 the all the tides lifting all boats is really a product of the women's club game, having yeah. a lot more investment. And, and there are, and this is very well documented. There's a lot of national governing bodies that are probably still not coming even close to doing right by the women's athletes that play under them. But even if the national governing bodies are not investing that money there is more and more a vibrant professional opportunity uh, in the club game here in the U S over in Europe for women from those countries to get uh, a lot of development and, 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 and top talent games and all that. Uh, and I'm curious if you see the same thing, if if the the parody we're talking about is really about investment on the club side, less than the, the proper investment that that is not yet coming on the, on the national side.
0: I think that's a hundred percent right. And like you look at what's happening here in the NW cell, they just pass their, 10th season like that league is really doing well attracting top talent you know like we talk a lot about like the selling out stadiums and all that but like that's all a result of like the investment and time and energy that's going into the players and the development i think you're really seeing that in europe you look at what's happening you know in the uk in germany and france like those leagues are really really developing american players are going overseas you know in addition to players from other countries so like you know, it's like anything. It's like the day in and day out training prepares, you know, these athletes for the big moment. And that day in and day out training is these club teams. And so that's, I think, really where it starts. Hey, Alan, yeah. I'm
1: curious uh, on the investment side of things, what you're seeing. It's not just the how much. I think it matters the who. Yeah, Who is investing in women's sports because they come with an operational expertise. Uh, They come with an expertise in certain, in several facets that are, that are tent poles for sport, whether it be media, real estate finance, your your thoughts on what you're seeing the ecosystem of investment in, in, and particularly the who's doing it.
0: You know, I still think there's so much more to go. Like, and I think that we're hitting a point where there is investment going into women's sports, but like, there's so much investment that's gone into men's sports. There's not, you know, we, we, You look at what's happening, trying to think about how to phrase this. It's like there is a lot of good dollars going into this space, investment in these club teams, investment in these teams. But there's still a whole ecosystem that needs to be built around this space. There's still developmental programs. There's still um, stuff on the media side. There's a whole industry to be built. And I think a lot of that, there's still hesitancy to invest. I think there's wins. There's excitement. There's momentum. There are people putting in dollars. And yeah, I think there's a lot left on the table. I mean, I think about this from the media perspective. You think, how you know, we're on a podcast talking about the Women's World Cup. That wasn't happening the last cycle, but it is still four or five percent of sports coverage is dedicated to women's sports. And so I think that's really sort of reflective of this moment that it's like, yes, there is more and there is so much more to go to really, you know, put in the the resources to make this a really, truly a mainstream industry.
2: We Alan Waxman, who's the, the the CEO of Sixth Street, they're the backer of the the, the new NWSL team in the Bay Area. Uh, when they announced that team, he uh, I, I hopped on the phone with him, and he was essentially gushing about the 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 the, the return opportunity here the, the he said it was of all the industries that he's invested in it was the clearest upside obvious return alexis ohanian has said similar we had uh uh, uh angie long and Karen norman on the podcast uh, a couple of months ago they said the same thing the thing that jumps out to me i think for for a lot of the people who are coming into this business now are are, are talking unequivocally about how obvious a business investment this is um, Um, And obviously not because they want, they they believe in women's sports. A lot of them are doing it because they see the business trends going in the right direction.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, like I, I see such clear upside and the men's sports market is, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there, but it's super saturated. And you look at all the trends, you look at all the data, you look at, you know, how much viewership, attendance, investment, brand dollars, like every, all of those metrics just point to this industry. Really hitting an inflection point and on pace to be very, very large in the not too distant future. And so I think it's a really exciting time to be in women's sports. And you mentioned some, some of those folks, like the people that are investing and, you know, it's really, when they got involved, it really was a leap of faith. And I also want to call out Michelle Kang. She's an investor in the Washington Spirit and also investor in just women's sports. Joe and Claire they own the Nets, um, the Liberty. They've been big investors in women's sports as well. Like there's like a lot, there's a lot of just like really good people that I think have been drawn to this space because they're like, whoa, this, these women are dope. And this competition is great. And there's a lot of opportunity here. And it's people that are thinking about women's sports as business and are investing with the expectation that there is a business return. And I think that groups can be really, really rewarded.
1: I have had that conversation with Clara Zai, Michelle Kang uh, at the same time, uh, Angie Long, um, Julie, Julie uh, and Kara out at Angel City. Uh, yeah. And I was just texting with Kia Clark, as a matter of fact. We have a technology event coming up in New York. And I'm like, Kia, I would love to hear what the women's game is doing. How are you utilizing technology with the Liberty, both on the media side, on the business side, on the arena side? How are we utilizing? These are the same questions I'm asking the men. It's, it's the same exact Questions. There's nothing different because it's women's sports. But I'm curious from your lens, Haley, as a as a media entrepreneur, uh, I know a little something about starting a media brand at a tough time. What was I saw white space in the high end of the sports business market? Men, women didn't matter. I mean, sports yeah. business. You clearly saw white space. What what was it that you saw, uh, and how has it been? What's the state of the media business that is solely focused on? Uh, I mean, you just say it flat out: just women's yeah. sports.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I always joke that I'm pretty, I'm pretty blunt and on the nose, so we came to <laughs> exactly what it is. It
1: matches the personality. I like it. Yeah, I, there is no confusion as to what I'm getting when I come <laughs> to your outlet.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I started just women's sports like in 2020, and really for me, it was I'd been an athlete, I'd been inside the women's sports world, and just saw that it was awesome and that people cared and that was fun and that there was a lot to it. And when I stopped playing, like. I, as a fan, couldn't follow along. And that truly felt so weird to me. And it felt like such a bummer. And I'm such a sports fan. Like, I'm from L.A. I now live in L.A. again. Like, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a Dodgers fan. Like, I feel like I get a lot of my men's sports, but just was not able to get anything I wanted on the women's side. And, you know, it started really like as a passion project. Like, I was posting on Instagram, like, literally grabbed the handle to avoid confusion that was just women's sports started posting women's sports you know news highlights stats whatever and the account really just started growing and that's really how the whole company started and really the belief has always been women's sports is really exciting people really care and this deserves to be covered like sports and it has all the potential in the world what is going to take women's sports from where it is today to where we all believe it can be is media attention it's exposure it's building the distribution it's building the audience and that's really what we want to do with just women sports and i think today like we're seeing that you know and when when we got started in 2020 like it, it seems so weird to me because we're just basically saying like let's cover this industry of sports but people really had not great things to say you know doubting the potential of the space doubting if anyone would care um, you know, women's sports has always been small. Why do we think it will change? Like a lot of sort of negativity. And it's been interesting to see that opinion change evolve, go away. And really, I think the women's sports have had to earn it. They've had to have huge breakthrough moments like March Madness, you know, the final having almost 10 million viewers, college softball, like really popping off everything that's happening in the World Cup. And, you know, women's sports has fought its way into, you know, the mainstream zeitgeist. And I think, imagine what it could be. Imagine how big it could be if there was an ecosystem sort of propelling it forward.
1: Well, it's happening earlier and earlier, and I think that's a key. And you tell me, Haley, if you see the same thing. The fact that Angel Reese... Caitlin Clark, become household names while still in college, then go into the pros. They come in with a ready-made following. We recently had an event in L.A., the uh, Sportico and Variety Sports and Entertainment Summit, and Angel Reese joined us. And I got to tell you, amid a room of NBA stars, I mean, guys who have signed the biggest contracts in the history of the sport, Angie Reese came in there and she was right on par with them. People wanted to see her. They wanted to see what she had to say. It was really interesting to see that in that room, she was right in lockstep with them. And that's because of of all the attention she got during the tournament.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really a reflection of sort of this next gen sports audience. They're super down with just high quality sports and high quality athletes. And there's an openness to you know, men's sports, I think sort of obviously, but also women's sports. And so, you know, I think it's just Angel Reese went out there with fight and a personality and something to say, and she took advantage of her moment. And I think we're going to see more and more athletes do that. And I think with the proper exposure, we're just going to have more and more people that sort of have these breakthrough moments like an Angel Reese and more stars in the space, which I think that just makes the whole industry bigger.
2: From a content on 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 your network standpoint, I assume that soccer and basketball are the two biggest sports. But what are you seeing trend wise? Are there other sports that women's sports that are getting particular interest or particularly within basketball and soccer? I'm curious, kind of what the what the most popular things are on Just women's Sports right now.
0: What well, we have seen do really well for us as a platform is definitely soccer and basketball. And I I will also say like soccer, like we're really bullish on like, you know, you look at what's happening with the World Cup, NWL, Angel City selling out stadiums week after week after week, like, there is something happening in women's soccer. And I think that makes sense. I think, you know, it has the most particip- participation at the girls youth level. So I think that sort of reflects the interest and in viewership. So, you know, I think there's a ton of opportunity. And I think for us, like, there's a lot of room to go deeper in both of those sports. But then also you look at you know, what's happening in tennis and golf and sort of across the space. So I think there's just like a lot more to go in women's sports holistically. And I do think women's soccer has sort of led that charge.
1: Yeah, media is critical in the whole ecosystem, Halen. I'm just curious, can we bring it a little bit closer to home? What's next for your business? And for those who don't know, who are some of your backers? What are your metrics like? Where are you seeing growth?
0: Yeah, I think this has been, you know, a really exciting year for us. We, close funding from really great people, some of whom I mentioned, Michelle King, Dylan Asai, um David Blitzer, who's an NBA team owner. Um, we have, you know, just an incredible team around us. And then also some athletes that jumped on board, icons in this space like Billie Jean King, Allison Felix, Abby Wambach, active players like Kelly O'Hara, Sam Kerr, just really proud of sort of the group we pulled together to really go attack and build this. And, you know, for us, we feel like we have unlocked something personally as a brand. And this is a set I love, but for in 2020, the first five months of 2023, we had more impressions than all of 2022 combined. And, you know, from last year, we had 6X our audience across the board. Just we as a company are experiencing a lot of growth. And I think, you know, we started in 2020, there was some experimentation and learning, and we have just really sort of found the formula in women's sports to be a really key part of pushing this forward. And then, you know, you just sort of think of the industry right now of like, it's World Cup, but you know, something I, I think about is big opportunity in women's sports is going to be off the of World Cup into NWL. I think the NWL championship is in San Diego this year, that's going to be really, really big. There's also WNBA playoffs that's going to be happening off of World Cup. And then into the 24 Olympics, like, that's a real window of time where I think we can see you know, sort of a step function amount of growth in women's sports. And so that's really what we're thinking about and and for us it's about you know it's it's showing up every day and growing you know growing our channels hitting the right news you know being on top of um sort of everything that's happening in this space and that's that's really what we're thinking about
2: how much how much sleep are you getting this month i know you're in the west coast so <laughs> the, the the time delay is a little bit uh maybe slightly easier than it is here in new york but i cannot imagine trying to cover uh a world cup in australia and new zealand from from america i imagine that's messing with the uh, with the calendar quite a
0: bit yeah this is <laughs> um i like unfortunately not a content creator but we had so many people you know, online last night or two nights ago for the U.S. game. And so, you know, wanted to be there, wanted to be a part of it. And I was so tired. So <laughs> I, I, um, I am learning I'm not a good person without a lot of sleep. And so I, this has been a little bit of a tough couple of weeks. I'm heavily relying on, on coffee right now.
2: And to, to that point, I'm actually curious how much here in the U.S. to, to keep this U.S. centric, how much you think the time delay affects the way that people are enjoying, would watch, are, are watching the Women's World Cup. I mean, it, it does feel like and I, and I love women's soccer. I've barely been able to watch matches yeah. just because unless I'm staying up into the, the wee wee hours or waking up super early, there's just not many games that are happening in a window that I can watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, glass half empty perspective is, like, that's real. And, you know, I think the World Cup, these big moments of women's sports, I think are opportunities to, like, grow the fan base and to bring in more casual fans. And I do think we are just missing out on that with the time change. Like, that's real and that's a bummer. The hope is that, you know, there'll be more games that make sense at different times if you are on the East Coast or West Coast and we will have those opportunities. Glass half empty perspective is there was a lot of people that did wake up, you know, like for some of them three in the morning and, you know, they were online. I can tell you as someone that was up and online, I could not believe how much engagement and how much conversation was happening on some of our social posts and um, you know, how alive the community felt. And so I think for me, it just sort of really, that is sort of a microcosm of the state of women's sports right now. You have fans that are so in it and so excited and like, invested to a level that i just think is so unique in women's sports and also i think the challenge for us and really the whole industry is we need to grow that base we need to bring in more casual fans we need to like grow the audience of women's sports so um you know good and bad
1: (laughs) hey edmund what was it that alexis ohanian called it What gender arbitrage Right, when he was trying to no, get people... It what,
2: was, what it was Angie what, Long. It was, was it uh, Angie? She, she said that she looked at her investment in Angel City as an arbitrage on sexism.
1: An, an arbitrage yeah. on sexism. I love yeah. it. So yeah, she, and, and it was Alexis saying he went to the VCs and right, you know, reams of data as to why these were good investments and yeah, nobody cared. Right. Yeah. They would pour money into anything men's related, but God, you came with data and why women's sports was a good investment and, and nobody would care. I'm curious, uh, Haley, your, your thoughts of what you're seeing in terms of company spending, the real support... From on the advertising side, on the marketing side, there's been a real effort to get more companies committed. What have you seen uh, since you're so focused on the space?
0: Yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, if I can just sort of double click on what Alexis said there. Like, I when I started just the sports, I was, you know, young and young female going and talking with these older, predominantly white VCs, Like, just imagine that dynamic for a moment. <laughs> Take yeah, me in.
1: True. No, I, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't want to imagine it. Please take me <laughs> in. I there's only one thing I know for sure, that a lot of people were wearing vests. But past that, <laughs> please take me inside the meeting rooms and let me know what it really was like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think like I believe so deeply in 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 this industry and what we're doing, and I believe so deeply that you know, just in the sports seems to exist, and that we have a real opportunity to be a key piece of this ecosystem. Building the, the business as a venture back business, super honestly, has just been hard. And, you know, you get comments from, you know, some of these VCs, like you walk in the room and there's comments on your appearance and what you're wearing and how you're presenting yourself. And then have you know, very similar experience of having to, you know, not only make the case for why dress women's sports, make the case for women's sports and coming in with a ton, a ton of data, you know, viewership is up, X percent and attendance is up Y percent and here's all the opportunities and you know at times like think about also when there was um sports innovation lab did the fan project and now we have actual reports to share and people are going well listen I don't really like it and it's like that's okay you don't have to really like it but here's all the data that says you know a lot of people do and it's like but I don't really like it and what do you know and you know comments of like What's the makeup of your team? Oh, you have a lot of young women. Any of them want to date a VC? Like comments like that, that just. No,
1: no, no. Wow. I, wait a minute. Is, is, is that taking it to an extreme or did that really happen?
0: That's a real story that happened not that long ago.
1: That's wow. insane
0: to me. And so I actually think though, like you look at the people that are putting money into, into women's sports and they're movers and shakers and believers and they're smart. And also like you think about what women's sports is doing as an industry and like, In some ways, it's, like, against all odds. Like, there's so many dynamics that are set up to, you know, not give, I think, frankly, like, women opportunity. And it's the whole industry is succeeding in spite of that. And it's like, wow, what if we just opened up the floodgates and made it easier and got things really moving and grooving and set this up? Like, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit.
2: You're kind of those stories, you're kind of like living the need for your company while yes. like hitting the <laughs> hurdles that are exactly the things you're trying to break through. Yeah, and so it's like yeah. very, it's kind of like a meta thing. One thing that I have, I've actually thought a good amount about. From a, from a business standpoint, the, the the separation of, for so long, so much of the the World Cup was like this, the Final Four is like this, so much of the women's commercial rights for events were tied to the men's commercial rights. And we're seeing those things start to separate a little bit. This Women's World Cup is the first one in which FIFA is selling Women's World Cup specific sponsorships and doing some Women's World Cup specific media. And I think the NCAA may do the same thing with the, with the basketball tournaments moving forward. It may cleave the women's basketball tournament off of all the other uh, ESPN mm-hmm. events that, that, that ESPN has. Um, but I imagine that's also a good thing just for, for the data, for the proof of concept in some ways that, that we're going to actually see for real now that uh, you can be a company that invests in the Women's World Cup and not the Men's World Cup was never an option before. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of this stuff bearing out. And I think groups like FIFA and the NCAA are going to be surprised by what they see uh, when, when, when they do those things.
0: Well, I think it's the only way that the space can grow. I and mean, if you think about, like, I mean, that would be, that's crazy. Like, what if you, like, you know, to buy on our platform, we also just talked in, oh, and you have to also do some spend on non-sports leagues. Like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's so, like, haphazard and, like, not logical. And I think about this in the media landscape too. Like, the way that we sort of see it, it's like the legacy players are really set up for, you know, it's men's sports leagues, but really, when I drill down the layer further, I really think about it as, like, the NBA and the NFL, because you think about some of these legacy players, like, they're not great at covering men's soccer, men's volleyball, and men's lacrosse, like, there's a lot to be desired there, and so, I think, like, to just be like, oh, and we will tack on women's sports events, like, that's not a happy platform for them, that doesn't make sense, it's not set up for those events to do super well, and I think, you know, this is sort of what I'm talking about when I say we have to build the industry, it's like, I think that we, and this is, you know, again, what we're, we're looking to do with Just Women Sports is we want to sort of set up the same media environment on the women's sports side and really set up the whole thing for women's sports leagues to do extremely, extremely well and for brands that spend out against those leagues and those key thankful events to have a huge return on investment because you're building an audience, you're building it all in a way where that is set up to win and it's not an afterthought and it's not sort of tucked away and it's, not on odd hours it is set up for women's sports to win and i think you know separating the sponsorships is just like this small piece of like getting the infrastructure in place for women's sports to really succeed
1: can can i go yiddish for a second here Haley? is that okay with you Eben might be a little lost but i think you and i'd be okay with this one That Jimmy Pataro, the other day, I got a good chuckle when he was kvetching. You know kvetch, Eben?
2: I do know kvetch. Yeah. Don't, the, don't 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 uh, mistake kvetching
1: Cavell, You know, because I you know your mother doesn't kvell with you. Your sister yes, but not you. So don't mistake the two. But Jimmy, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, He's he confused. lost me a kvell. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll explain <laughs> it afterwards. But Jimmy was kvetching at sort of oh, you know, I, I have to get. I have to pay for women's sports. Like the prices are really gonna go up and I have to figure out how to pay for this stuff. Uh you know, right in the same breath as, oh, how do I keep the NBA? <laughs> you know, yeah. these broadcast contracts are up and I thought a really telling sign when it when Jimmy Bataro is is thinking well ahead and planning, uh, how am I gonna keep this stuff because the programming's become just so much more valuable?
0: Yeah. No, I I think like I mean the whole media like sports media right landscape is i think in a really interesting period of transition right now and i think we're seeing a lot of stuff get more and more fragmented um i don't know if that's the right thing for women's sports i think we'll see but i think at the end of the day like you know recognizing women's sports for the value that it is you know and giving it really i think real opportunities to grow in value that's that's important and that's what it's going to take I've
2: got. I, I, before we go, I want to ask you actually an NWSL specific question because it's something that I that that's been kind of boiling in the back of my mind for a little bit. Um, it, it seems to me like the NWSL and the WSL in Europe are kind of on a head-on head collision to try to be the the, the most dominant women's soccer pro soccer leagues in in the world. And the WSL has has one advantage I see that the NWSL doesn't, which is that they have legacy really huge soccer brands, yep. the European soccer teams uh, that are kind of in my opinion seems like starting to wake up to the idea that they should be investing more on 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 their women's club teams. I'm curious how you see that that playing out if the, the the fight for the, the, the best women's soccer players in the world to be playing club-wise and how much of an advantage if it is one to be Arsenal or to be Everton as opposed to being uh, an NWSL team that doesn't have 150 years of history in the sport?
0: This is a really good question and something we've actually been talking about a lot. I totally agree with you that I think this is sort of a head-to-head moment. I think sort of, again, like the good thing is like you look at Europe, like, There are, you know, there's not a single league that I think people would agree is like that is the top soccer league. I think people feel strongly and passionately, but I think there's room for debate on that. And so I do think you'll see that with the NWSL, WSL. Um, It's a really good question of like, what is the advantage of Arsenal? I think it sort of depends. Like, I think. America, like U.S. women's soccer has such a legacy and such a history. And, you know, candidly, like there's just not a lot on the men's side. So it's always been women's soccer. It's been Mia Hamm, it's been Brandy Chastain, and that legacy is rich. And, like, you know, I can't even tell you. I think everyone I played soccer with at one point or another looked up to Mia Hamm. That was sort of my generation of players that, like, adored Mia Hamm. And so – the the women's side in the u.s like that legacy is deep and rich and means a lot and i think what we're seeing with the besides today is really great owners stepping in and making their clubs mean something and they're i think that's really cool but i think there's urgency because you look at the wsl and chelsea arsenal like that is a really really rich history and i think if you're european that means a lot to you you grew up watching those teams on the men's side and so I, to be super honest with you, I don't know how it plays out. I don't think it's going to be a winner take all, but I do know, like, there's been a lot of good progress in the NWSL, and we have to keep pushing. There's a lot more that has to happen in the WSL too, because now there's options. There's not just one league that's competitive. There's not just one league where there's money going in. It's competitive. And, you know, ultimately, that's a really good thing for the sport.
2: I, I 100% agree. Yeah, it's good for the women players. There's more jobs, there's more opportunity, and, and these two leagues going head-to-head will also force each other uh, to be better, and that, that also feels like a good thing. Haley Rosen, uh, founder, CEO of Just Women Sports, thank you very much for joining us.
0: You guys, thank you so much for having me.
2: You can find Haley on Twitter at Haley Rosen, very efficient Twitter handle. Uh, he is Scott on Twitter at Soshnik. I am Eben Novi Williams Talk about on Twitter efficient. at Novi <laughs> underscore. William yeah, Haley, how do you feel about the yeah. underscore? How do you feel about the underscore?
0: Yeah, no, kill it. Kill it. Oh, I'm not the
2: Thank you. Thank We're getting you. There. We're the getting debate there. is over. The Sportacast is produced by Keith Zanardi and Aaron Greenowald. Thank you very much to Keith and Aaron. And uh, Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the Sportacast on, at Sporticast, the
0: hub of the Sportico media network.